Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today we're going to be talking about seven steps to a better prayer life. Do you want a better prayer life? Do you want to go deeper in your relationship with Jesus Christ? Well, who better to hear it from than from Jesus Christ himself in Luke chapter 11 when he spoke on the Lord's Prayer and gave us seven steps to a better prayer life. I'm your host, Nathan French, and this is the Noteworthy Podcast. This is where noteworthy conversations take place. Thank you for clicking that play button. It's going to be an incredible episode. Be sure, if you can, to leave us a five-star rating and review. It means so much that you do. We greatly appreciate it here at Noteworthy. We love you. It's going to be a great episode. Let's go. I hope that you're having an amazing day and that life is just going great for you. And I think today's episode is going to help somebody because we're going to be talking about seven steps to a better prayer life spoken directly from Jesus Christ. And we're going to see how we can apply this to our lives when we pray. Luke chapter 11 is where we're going to be drawing these seven steps from today. Maybe you know it as the Lord's Prayer, one of the most famous scriptures, most well-known scriptures in the Bible. Perhaps one of the most pressing questions in our minds is, can one person really make a difference? History clearly shows that one person can make a difference in the world. It was William Shakespeare that said, Some are born great, some achieve greatness, and some have greatness thrust upon them. James Harrison is proof that one person can make a huge impact. Harrison is sometimes referred to as the man with golden arms because he has donated his blood for the medical research community over 1,000 times. You see, when Harrison was 14 years old, he underwent surgery to remove one of his lungs. As he recovered, the doctors explained that he was only able to survive the surgery because they had received high volumes of blood donations from strangers. Thankful for the contributions of random strangers that saved his life, Harrison vowed to donate blood every chance that he could. Doctors quickly recognized that Harrison's blood carried unusual antibodies that helped in the treatment of a blood disorder called R.H. disease. The disease attacks unborn babies and has eluded medical scientists before Harrison's blood. But they did some research on Harrison, and they found that because of his blood, they were able to save many unborn babies And medical science has calculated that Harrison's blood helped save over 2.4 million infants. 2.4 million unborn babies lived instead of died because of the actions of one man. Of course, one person can make a difference. 
Luke 11 and 1 says, Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Now here's what I'm trying to get at here. Out of 12 disciples, only one, only one asked, teach us to pray. The desire of that one disciple led Jesus to answer his question giving millions of believers the opportunity to receive a lesson on how to pray directly from the heart of Jesus Christ. And my prayer in this episode today is that every single one of you listening would have the desire to be a prayer warrior, to have a better prayer life. I know I want one. But the truth is, if I can just reach one, I know I can change the world. If I can just convince one of you that prayer changes things, then this podcast will be a success. There is power in one disciple. There is power in one prayer warrior. Cornelius was a good man. He's remembered forever in the pages of history because he was a man of prayer. And when the Holy Ghost was poured out on the day of Pentecost, it was poured out on the Jews. Of course, we know that Jesus was a Jew and the Jews were God's chosen people. Cornelius was not Jewish. And up until this point, the Holy Ghost had not been poured out amongst the Gentiles. It's pretty simple, actually. A Jew was anyone who belonged to one of the 12 tribes of Israel. And a Gentile was, well, everyone else. Acts 10, 1-4 says, There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian Regiment, a devout man and one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? So he said to him, your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. This is such a beautiful scripture because it shows us the power of prayer. The prayer of Cornelius just kept building block upon block. Amen upon amen. Hallelujah upon hallelujah. Request upon request until a memorial had been built in heaven. Peter preached the gospel for the very first time to the Gentiles, and he began to tell them about Jesus and him crucified. He told them that he ate dinner with Jesus after he was raised from the dead, and that he is alive forevermore. And here we find it in Acts ten forty four through 48, which I believe was the scripture that changed all of us Gentiles' lives, because we got to hear about Jesus Christ. It says this, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. It it was one of those services. The preacher couldn't even finish preaching. Oh my goodness. Hear me right now. Sometimes you don't have to wait for the altar call to to feel the Holy Ghost. And, And it says, and those of the circumcision, which is the Jews, who believed were astonished. As many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. 
And then Peter answered, Can anyone forbid water? That these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they asked him to stay a few days. I like the end of that scripture. I've never noticed that before. Hey, Peter, why don't you stay a few days? <laughs> it's good to be a part of the family of God, isn't it? But think with, with me. Our sins can be remitted because of the blood of one man, Jesus Christ. Something in that blood can save me. But the Gentile nation, that you know, if you're not Jewish, that's you and me. We're recipients of the gospel because one man prayed and built a memorial before the Lord. If I can just get one person to believe in the power of prayer today, things will begin to shift and change in the spirit. Would you agree with me? Would you walk with me on this journey? I know I took seven minutes just to set up the seven steps, but it's worth it if I can help somebody believe it today. So I want to read um, the text from which we're drawing our seven steps uh, where the disciple says, teach me how to pray. And it says that Jesus answered him. And he said in Luke 11, one through four, it says, when you pray, say our father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Because of the desire of one disciple, all 12 disciples receive a prayer roadmap from Jesus Christ himself. And that prayer roadmap can be broken down into seven steps. Now, um, I have broken it into seven steps. I know there's a lot of uh, studies on the Lord's Prayer uh, you have to understand, I'm a youth pastor, so I tend to break things down in a very simple matter. Maybe if you're a theologian, you've got 10 steps or 12 steps or 15 steps. I personally walked through this scripture and broke it into seven steps, which I believe can help us have a better prayer life based on the response of our Lord Jesus Christ. The first thing he says is when you pray, say, Our Father. The first step is... Our Father. And if you have a pen and paper, if you like to take notes, I recommend you just write these seven steps down, and that way you can look at them next time you take some time to pray. First, we have to understand who we are. He is our Father. We are His children. We don't have to go before Him cowering low and ashamed of who we are. I can't tell you how many times I've seen people come to the altar and and they have this look of of shame and and it's like they almost feel like it's humility but it's 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 not humility it's almost like a self-pity. Okay, I'm preaching now. I might get in trouble, but um it it's not a humility. It's a it's a self-pity that says I'm not good enough. There's no way that God hears me. And I, I want to tell you that the word of God tells us in Hebrews 4 and 16 it says let us therefore come boldly 
to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. You don't have to come before your father ashamed of who you are. Listen, when when my two boys come to me and and my four-year-old is Judah is getting old enough, he's he's made some mistakes and and listen, I know he's going to make a lot more and I'm just getting started. I understand all you parents with older kids. I, I get it. I know I've got a lot to learn, but um, when he comes to me and says, Daddy, I messed up. I, 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 I did something wrong. I don't look at him and say, how could you do that? What, why would you do that? Leave my presence. No, no. The heart of the father says, it's okay. Tell me what happened. We'll, we'll work through it together. And I'm far from perfect, but there's no way that I'm going to throw my son under the bus because of a mistake that he made. And neither will your heavenly father. Our heavenly father will not throw us to the curb because we made a mistake. No, go to his throne boldly. The first step to a better prayer life is our father. Know who you are. He is your father. You are his child. And you have a right to talk to him. The second step is, hallowed be your name. Hallowed means made holy, consecrated, greatly revered and honored. Speak the name of Jesus when you pray. There is power in that name to save. He he is as close as the mention of his name. So when you pray, say, In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray for these things. When you pray for healing, pray in the name of Jesus. When you pray for your lost loved ones and family members, pray in the name of Jesus. Everything that we do should be in the name of Jesus Christ. Step two, use the name of Jesus when you pray. His name is powerful. The third step, he said, pray your kingdom come. Now, this one is hard for North Americans because we have been programmed to believe that we should build up our kingdom. But Jesus taught us to pray that his kingdom would come. It's our responsibility to pray, not my, but thy kingdom come. Reverend Josh Carson preached on this at Youth Congress. In 2019, he said, not my, but thy kingdom come. If you haven't listened to that, go check it out on YouTube. It will change your life. Sometimes you just have to say, not my, but thy. When you pray, you know, I I know that you have needs and you have things that you want. But if you want a better prayer life, you need to start praying God would get the desires of his heart. I know we like to talk about the desires of our heart, but when was the last time you prayed that, that his kingdom would come? Not, not my kingdom. I'm not here to build up my kingdom, right? It was, um, goodness, my son Judah is really into Toby Mac right now. <laughs> he loves listening to Toby Mac. And we were listening to a song this morning, uh, and, and uh, Toby Mac says, I would be building my kingdom just to watch it fade away. That's me without you. And don't we see a lot of people do that when, when they don't build up the kingdom of God? 
They're just spending so much time building their kingdom, one that's going to fade away. It's, it's, it's going to pass away. But God's kingdom will never fade away. So when we pray for his kingdom, we step out of the temporal and we step into the eternal. Well, my goodness. The fourth step to a better prayer life, Jesus said, your will be done. Your will be done. It's important to pray that God's perfect will be accomplished in your life. Romans 12 and 2 says, and, and be not conformed to, to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. There is a good, there is an acceptable, and then there is a perfect will of God. Which one do you want to live in? The flesh of Jesus didn't want to suffer the pain of the cross. We see this as he prays in the Garden of Gethsemane. This is where your flesh wrestles with that which is spirit. You have to understand that Jesus' life was not taken. It was given. He freely gave his life for the will of God. Gethsemane is where your flesh struggles with your spirit. This is the place where Jesus went to pray before going to the cross. Gethsemane is where you pray for God's will in your life. But I noticed something this week that I thought was really powerful, and I thought I would share it with you amazing listeners. It was in Luke 22, verse 42 and 46. Jesus said, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Notice with me, this is powerful. When Jesus wrestled his flesh, he didn't pray less, he prayed more. It said, and being in agony, that's his flesh, he prayed more earnestly. When you go through a trial, that shouldn't keep you from praying. It should make you pray more. You know, I, I, uh, I asked somebody in my youth group a few weeks ago, I said, are you going to be at youth class on Wednesday night? Well, yeah, Brother Nathan, I'm, I'm going through a lot right now. I'm dealing with a lot. I don't know if I'll be there. <laughs> I looked at him, I said, well, then you need to be there. You need to make up your mind that you're going to be there because if you're going through something, you need the house of God now more than ever. Well, isn't it just like a youth pastor to get in somebody's business like that? But sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. You know what I'm saying? So notice when Jesus wrestled with his flesh, he prayed more. And so it is for us. When you're going through a trial, 
the devil would like nothing more than to push you away from a better prayer life. But what you need to do is find refuge in the arms of God and find refuge in his presence. The fifth step to a better prayer life is he said, give us this day our daily bread. Jesus said, daily bread. He is the bread of life. And prayer is something we need to do daily. Now, I know I'm going to be that guy that says you need to pray every day um, because it's true. It's true. You need to be a person of prayer every day. And if that means praying in your car while you drive to school or drop your kids off, uh, whatever you need to do, you need to be a person of prayer. The Bible says to pray without ceasing. The only way to do that is to live a life of prayer. Prayer is not an occasion. Prayer is a lifestyle. Now, I know there's scheduled times where we pray, and you need to have that. It's important to have the discipline to schedule a prayer time. But that shouldn't be the only time that you pray. You should pray while you're driving. Pray uh, while you're walking. Pray pray while you're cooking breakfast, right? There's nothing that makes me want to pray more than some bacon and eggs on the stove. You know what I mean? Anyways. <laughs> oh, y'all. Pray for me. Prayer is a lifestyle. We are to pray without ceasing. I can't live off of yesterday's manna. I need something from him today. Okay, so we're almost there, guys. Just two more steps. The sixth step to a better prayer life is to forgive. Jesus said, forgive us our sins as we forgive our debtors. Repentance should be a part of our daily prayer life where we ask God to forgive us. This is where we say, Lord, forgive me. And guys, I'll be honest, sometimes I repent even if I don't know if I've done anything wrong. I just want to make sure that I have an empty vessel, a clean heart before God. I'll, I'll pray things like, Lord, if I've done something I don't even know that's wrong, would you forgive me of that? I want to be more like you today. Reveal it to me. If I'm doing something wrong, Lord, reveal it to me. Reveal it to my heart. Show me your heartbeat. And this should be a daily part of our prayer life. It was 1 Corinthians 15 and 31 that says, I protest by your rejoicing, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord. I die daily. Now, Paul wasn't saying he dies every day um, physically. He's saying spiritually his flesh dies out every day. We must constantly be searching our heart and be willing to repent when we find something within us that is not submitted to the will of God which goes back to step uh, number four, that the will of God will be accomplished in our lives. And Jesus reminds us that we cannot be forgiven if we are not willing to forgive. Matthew 6 and 14 says, Nor if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So, friend, if you want to be forgiven by Jesus Christ, but you don't want to forgive your brother, you are praying in vain. You're not bettering your prayer life by holding a grudge. If you want a better prayer life, you need to forgive your brother and your sister so that God can forgive you. The seventh and final step to a better prayer life is do not lead us into temptation, 
but deliver us from evil. So let's say deliver us, deliver us is the seventh step. When you pray, pray against temptation. Pray that God would lead you in paths of righteousness. Pray that God will help you protect your eyes and ears from things that will harm you spiritually. Psalm 23 and 3 says, He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Strategically pray against Satan and remind him that he is a defeated foe. Pray against the kingdom of hell and build up the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 16 and 18, one of my favorite scriptures says, I will say also unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I I really pray that this has blessed you today. It's been blessing me in my prayer life. I know we like to close the Noteworthy Podcast with prayer. So I'm going to pray over you, but we're going to pray um, through the seven steps at the end of this episode today very quickly. Um, Now, when you pray it on your own, I would would schedule at least three to five minutes per step, uh, at least two to three minutes per step. And uh, if you do that, you're praying, you know, for at least 30 minutes. And I think that that would be an amazing thing. But let's pray together. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Jesus, we come before you today, and we thank you for being our Father. We come before your throne with boldness, knowing that we are your children. We love you, and we thank you, Jesus, for your mercy and your grace that we can obtain at the throne of grace. God, I worship your name. I I speak the name of Jesus Christ over my life right now, over every situation, over every listener. I speak the name of Jesus. I, I, I set it aside, consecrate it. I revere it and I honor your name. There is power in your name. God, I pray that your kingdom would come. I pray, Lord, that not my kingdom, but thy kingdom would come. I pray, Lord, that 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 the everlasting kingdom, which is yours, would be built up today. Help me, Lord, to add to your kingdom today. Lord, I pray that your will would be done. I pray that your perfect will would be accomplished in my life, not just good and acceptable, but that the perfect will of God would be accomplished in my life. God, I thank you for giving your life. Thank you for praying in that garden that that, that you prayed and you gave us an example, Lord, of what it means to be prayer warriors. God, give us this day our daily bread. Lord, we know that you are the bread of life. God, I pray, Lord, that you would give us what we need today, that you'd put food on our tables today, that you would provide, Lord, financially today. We know that you're the bread that's going to sustain us, and we worship you. God, forgive us our sins as we forgive our debtors. God, we repent if there's anything in our lives that's wrong, that's not of you. God, help us to forgive, Lord, anybody that has done wrong against us, that has hurt us. Lord, I pray that you would help us to forgive them today so that we can be forgiven by you. And Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We pray against temptation. We pray that you would lead us in paths of righteousness, that you'd protect our eyes and our ears from things that can harm us spiritually. We pray against the kingdom of hell, and we build up the kingdom of heaven because we know that the church is built on a rock, and we want to be standing on that rock. 
during this great day of tribulation. We love you, Jesus. We worship you, and we thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the podcast today. I've really enjoyed getting to talk to you about this. I pray that it's been a blessing to you. And um, if you noticed, we prayed through the seven steps very quickly. But like I said, make sure you take at least um, three minutes uh, per step and and take some time to really dig in and, and pray. And I'm telling you, when you pray the Lord's Prayer, you cannot go wrong. You're going to be forgiving others. You're going to be speaking the name of Jesus. You're going to be building up the kingdom of God, submitting to the will of God. And uh, it's just going to bless your life. I hope it blesses your life as much as it's blessed mine. I love you guys. Thank you for tuning into the podcast. It means the world that you listen. And we'll be sure to see you next week on the Noteworthy Podcast. God bless.